Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. At GVC, our mission is simple. It's to love God, love people, and love life. This year, we want to reach further into the glory and the presence of our God and experience Him like we never have before. This year is going to be different. Can you feel it? I know you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Here we go. So we are starting a brand new series today. And again, we're teaching in series for the simple fact that we have an opportunity to just take one week to the next and begin to expound on it and go further. So obviously, it's just to help you grow and develop in your walk with God. And so again, you realize that there's a maturing process, right? Well, if all we ever did is give you ABC, 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 you'd just stay in elementary school, right? But there's more that God wants you to understand and experience. And so we're getting into this series and it's called, I know you are, but who am I? And so that will make more sense as time goes on. But if you recall last week, I shared a story with you about Amy Simple McPherson. If you didn't hear it, uh, go back to last week's message and listening to the listen to the opening of the service because I shared that story and I won't do it for the sake of time. But I will share another story with you. And it's a story of a woman by the name of Catherine Kuhlman. If you know anything about Catherine Kuhlman, she was mightily used by God uh, back in the, uh, I think in the uh, 60s, uh, 50s and 60s, and she died in 1967. And again, her ministry primarily pertained to the ministry of healing. And thousands of people were healed under her ministry. I mean, it's tremendous stories. But in 1976, she went home to be with the Lord and she's in the hospital room. And so they're talking to her about her funeral arrangements. And just because she knew that she was passing, knew she was going home to be with the Lord. And uh, she said, the only thing that I want concerning my funeral is I want roses. That's the only flower that I want is I just want roses. And they're like, okay, Miss Kuhlman, we'll make sure that that's the case. So that particular night, she passed on, went home to be with the Lord. And history tells us and the story tells us that the moment she stepped over into glory, the hospital in which she was at, all the power went completely off. There was over 800 uh, uh, patients there at the hospital and the whole hospital went dead with power the moment she stepped over into glory. Now, the moment that she stepped over and the moment that the hospital went black... All of a sudden, all they could smell is an overwhelming smell of roses throughout the entire hospital. And not only that, there were several, I think, four other hospitals in the the area there. And every single hospital in the region, their hospital started smelling like roses as well. And when they started tracking down the smell of the roses, where it was coming from, or the most intense smell was from her room, and there was not a single rose in the room. Man, you talk about God honoring his kids. I mean, he's just like, my daughter asked for roses, and I'm going to just bless her with roses. And, And again, those are those stories that we hear, and we're like, wow, isn't that amazing? I mean, we just sit back and our mouths drop open. And, and then if, you know, we start 
reading stories in the Word of God. We read stories like that over and over and over of how God interacts with man. And we stand in amazement and we're like, wow, isn't that so cool? But unfortunately, because we have gotten so desensitized and so numb through life, we hear about those stories. And even though we say, wow, we say, yeah, but they were they were special or God does that for certain ones. But do you realize that once again, the Bible is full of the encounters of God with his people? And, and you, you realize that the book of the Bible is the number one selling book throughout history. It is the longest lasting book that there ever has been. And we know that the Bible tells us that it was penned by God or inspired by God. But do you realize that there was more writings other than what we just have in the Word of God right here? But God saw fit that what we have in our hands is what He wanted us to read. So we could say it this way. There's a whole lot more stories of God's goodness and God interacting with people. But God just selected a few. In fact, if you realize, the Bible says in the Gospels, it says that if... Jesus' miracles would have been recorded that the earth could not hold the volumes of the books. So what's that mean? That means that we read a few stories of some amazing things that Jesus did in his ministry. But it means that Jesus did a whole lot more that we just don't know about. A whole bunch more. But why do we have the Word of God? We have been given the Word of God so that we can not only be amazed at God interacts with man. But the Bible says this. It says that in Romans 10, 17, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So this book is not just a book of stories in history. And it is. But it is genuine fact of God's love and his heart for his people. And so if God is able to put it in this Bible or this book or the word of God, it says that by this word, we can begin to have faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not only that, the Bible says that we can walk by faith and we can live by faith. Once again, why? Why do we have the word of God? Well, it gives us the opportunity to sense or know the reality of God. It gives us the abilities to see the greatness of God, the goodness and the faithfulness of God, that God genuinely loves us and that God wants to interact with his people. I said the title of our message is I, I know you are, but what am I? Once again, it's real easy to look at somebody else and say, well, yeah, but that's you. No, I know you are, but what am I? I'm no different than you. I'm no different than you. If God will do it for one, he'll do it for another. I said, if God will do it for one, he'll do it for an another. If the word produces faith, if I can walk and live by faith, then by faith, I can have tangible fellowship with God. I said, if this Bible produces faith to help me see the character, their nature, and the ways in which God interacts with His people, then this book gives me the ability to have faith, to have a tangible experience with God. You know, I was talking with somebody the other day, and, and, and when I start to have these conversations with people, it starts to get my heart going, because it's what it's all about. 
I was talking with somebody the other day and we were just talking about the things of God. And you realize, uh, you know, when you talk with people from the church, I mean, you can get off on a, a, a natural tangent and just stay in the natural realm all day long. How's the wife? How's the kids? How you feeling? Uh, the sky's blue, the, warms, the air's warm, so on and so forth. But when people start asking questions and then the hunger starts to be revealed, it's like, oh, open door. We can start talking about God. And so this individual the other day, he was asking me, he says, you know, I don't know that I, I, I hear God talking to me. How do you know God talks to you? How do you know his voice? And all of a sudden it's like, well, let me tell you. Oh, I love the fact that people are saying, how do you know God's voice? You realize God's talking to you all the time. You just may not identify what it is. Oh, come on. I, I've had this happen so many times in church that as I'm preaching, somebody will come up to me and say, uh -uh, man, that was so awesome. But it's like you had a camera into my house. How did you know? It's like, I, I didn't know nothing. But the Holy Spirit does. He knew exactly what you needed to hear. And then I've had other times where, you know, you preach a message and they'll come up. Oh, pastor, that was such a good message. And they start to tell you what you preach. And you're like, I never said a word of that. But what God did is God started ministering to somebody and talking to somebody in the midst of the preaching of the word. Amen. And so God's always talking. He's always wanting to have an interaction with his people. We've just got to learn and develop the practice of doing so. Can somebody say amen? amen. Once again, we start talking about these things and instantly we have the response many times is, like, well, yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. <laughs> right. But let me share a verse with you that might help you in Romans chapter 12. We won't turn there. There's more if you want to write these down. But Romans chapter 11 through 16, it speaks to this very thing. And then lastly, it says this in verse 11. It says, for with God, there is no respecter of persons. So what does that mean? It means God don't respect you any more than me. God doesn't respect Moses any more than he respects you or me. He doesn't respect Jesus any more than he respects you or me. He is no respecter of persons. So that means that if God is going to interact with one, he'll interact with another. And if someone else can say, man, God did this for me, God can do it for you. Because you're no different than anybody else. He is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. So what does that mean? It is our faith that helps us lean in and have a relationship with God. Oftentimes that yeah, but is connected to my unworthiness or my feeling of being unworthy. Well, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how I've acted. You don't know what I've said. In spite of all that, the Bible says that Jesus paid the price for all that that you think you've done. All the missteps and everything that you ever will do. And he paid the price for you to have an audience with God 24-7. Come on. Right now, God is here. And God might even be talking to you about some things. God might just be loving on you right now. Why? Because God wants to have a tangible interaction and fellowship with you. 
But how do we experience that? We do it by faith. He's no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. Now, to understand this. Now, this message today is going to be very foundational. To understand what we're going to talk about in these next several weeks, you're going to have to think differently. You're just going to have to think differently. And we're going to help you think or make a shift in the way you see things. Now, in the life in which we're living right now, there's a lot of things that are going on in the world, in our culture, in our nation. And a lot of times people are saying, I wish you would address that thing right there. Oh, I really wish you would address that president issue. I wish you would address that uh, virus issue. Uh, all these things. And you realize you can go here and you can go there. But if we'll stick with the word of God, the word of God has the ability to answer all those questions that you might be stirring or chewing on, right? And so one of the things that this topic will help you in is especially in the hour in which we're living. Because once again, if you're not careful, you'll get sucked into thinking and talking and acting like everybody else. But to be a child of God, God says for you to experience the things I desire for you, especially right now, you're going to have to think different. You're going to have to see things different. Come on, say, I'm going to think different. All right. So one of the things that you have to begin to understand, as I said, this is foundational. You've probably heard these things before. If you've been here, you've heard these things before. But to understand how we navigate this world in the culture and the times in which we're living, you have to understand how God made you. God made you as three parts. It's not just one. God made you as three different parts. The first part that he made you is he made you to have a body. A physical body. This physical body is the earth suit in which you're able to live in this earth. If you go to outer space, what do you need? You need a space suit. If you're going to live in this earth, you have to live under the natural laws of this earth. And in order to do so, you're going to have to have an earth suit to live in. To be alive. And you know that this, for some... It gets a little bit tired at times. Sometimes it gets a little bit bigger around the waist. Sometimes, you understand, the earth suit starts to break down a little bit. But how many of you know that it's this earth suit that will oftentimes cause you the most trouble? Why? Because how many of you know this earth suit has a voice? I don't want to do that. I don't feel like doing that. This is what I really want to do. This is what I really desire. This is what I really crave. You may have woke up this morning and this earth suit says, turn the alarm off. I don't want to go to church today. Right? I woke up this morning at like six o'clock in the morning, stepped out. Our, 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 uh, our room is downstairs. I stepped onto the floor to have water. The sub pump went out and so we've got water. And so you talk about starting out into a good morning. Well, my flesh, my natural man wasn't really excited. I was grumbling and complaining. Wife's trying to help. She's in my way. I'm like, get out of the way, will you? Well, why am I responding that way? It's my flesh. My flesh is irritated. Right? And so it's this flesh man that's going to give you the most trouble throughout this life. But then you also, not only do you have a body... 
you possess a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Have you ever noticed that your emotions can get you in trouble? Oh, yeah. Your emotions can get squirrely. How many times have you had conversations about somebody that you're going to talk to or you thought something happened and you've had this conversation and, man, your emotions are just going and you're like, man, when I see you, I'm going to punch you in the mouth, man. I'm just... Why? Because your emotions have stirred you up, right? And your emotions, if not guarded, it will side in with the flesh and the flesh says, okay, come on, let's do this thing, right? So your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions will also even connect you to the desires of the flesh. Once again, how many of you know your flesh wants to do things that are contrary to the heart of God? And if you're not careful, your desires, your cravings from your soul, your mind, and your will, and your emotions will lean into the side of the flesh man. And that's where, again, many Christians find themselves getting in trouble. Because even though they're Christians, they live out of the flesh or natural man and are governed by the emotions and, and the desires of the flesh. And it's not governed by the things of God. All right, so you have a body. You possess a soul. But the reality is, is that you are a spirit. I said, you are a spirit. Now, here's the thing that you got to understand. When we think of spirit, we think of this see-through thing, this intangible thing, this thing that is just kind of translucent. The Bible says that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So therefore, everything natural, every, the chair that you're sitting on that is holding you up, you would say, this is real. This is tangible. But that thing that seems and feels tangible first came out of the spiritual realm where God the Father that is spirit declared, let it be. So what that means to us is that spiritual things or the things of the spirit are actually more real intangible than this carnal, natural, earthly realm. And as I said, if you're not able to switch your thinking that will be difficult to understand. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit here. But let's just look at it from the standpoint, if you are a spirit. Now, how do we know that? Remember, the Apostle Paul said this. He says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, this physical body is not going to go to heaven the moment that we die. But you are. And you're more real and more tangible than the actual physical body that you were in while you were here in the earth. Right? Okay. Now, if we look at the natural realm, and if you have a dog, what category or class of being does do dogs all dogs fall under do you do you understand what I'm, the question so wolves and foxes and coyotes and dogs and and pugs and rottweilers and whatever else dog what do they fall under canine okay if you had cats 
really were a curse from the foundation of the earth. <laughs> ah, no, the tigers and lions, those are cool. All right. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> no. All right. So you got fluffy cats, you got big cats, small cats. What do they fall under? Felines. So there's a class of being. All right. What about humans? What do we fall under? Homo sapiens, that's a scientific term. Somebody might say the human race. No. No. The Bible says that God is a spirit and God is the one that created us and breathed a spirit into us. To be absent from this physical body means that the real you is actually in the presence of God. So you are of the God class. Did you understand what I'm saying? Don't get that in the ditch. I'm saying God is a spirit. And he made, he made from himself you and me. So we're not just mere humans. We're not just the human race. We are spirit beings made in the same class as God. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we'll have to see things differently as we move forward, especially in the hour that we're living. Because there's all kinds of things that are taking place in the natural realm. But God says, I've called you to come up higher. I've called you to think better, think higher, live higher. Amen. All right, so let me just, again, I, I'm just kind of running here and there. I've said it this way before. It's like, I'm like a fat man caught in a barbed wire fence. There's a point here and a point there, you know, just. <laughs> All right. So, where was I going with that? All right, so, for instance, has anybody noticed that the gas prices are going up? Sure. Now, I don't know if you're one that has begun to talk about it, but I've talked about it a little bit. Now, my talking about it is out of my frustration because I'm of the persuasion something can be done about it. How come they're allowing these gas prices? And so I'll grumble and complain from that perspective. But in regards to the gas prices rising... It don't matter what the, co the, the cost of the gas is to a rich man. Right? I said to a rich man, what difference does it make what the cost of the price is, uh, of the gas is? Well, what are you saying? Well, the Bible says that I'm rich in God. The Bible says that my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Well, if I live according to his game plan, if I live according to his system, if, if I'm his kid, then why do I get all worked up about how much it costs? Because my God said he would supply my needs. Well, did you see how much the gas or, or the, the food is getting? I was talking to my mom the other day. She goes, you know, just not too long ago, a head of lettuce was under a dollar. She goes, I went to the store the other day and it was two dollars for a head of lettuce. Ridiculous. Two dollars. For a flat piece of grass. <laughs> but so what? It's $2. My God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm not governed by this world system. I'm of a higher class. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying here? 
You'll have to think differently, especially in the hour in which we're living. Because there's all kinds of things that are coming down the pike. And if you see yourself as just mere man, not the child of God, not the one that he sent his son to die for, not the one that he cares so passionately about and wants to interact with and live with and do life with, you'll get caught up in the rat race and say, how are we going to do it? How are we going to make it meet? How are we going to do this or do that? No, my God is able. He is the miracle worker. He is the way maker. He is the one that can part the water. He is the one that put uh, 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 money in a fish's mouth. He is the one that is able to get me through. But I've got to be able to see myself in the right manner. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. So as I said, you have to understand that we are made up of three parts. We are spirit, soul, and body. But the reality of who we are is we are genuinely, truly a spirit man or woman. All right, now, let's take it a little bit further. I said this, this message is going to be foundational leading us on. But notice what it says here in Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 2. It says this, one that you've heard before. It says, and not being conformed to this world... But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Notice it said, do not be conformed to this world. In John chapter 17, 14 through 16, it says that we are in this world, but we are not of it. So once again you'll have to begin to see yourself differently. One of the ways that you need to see yourself is somebody that is extremely special and loved by God. Has anybody ever noticed that there's a child that tends to be a favorite in the family? You know, you, you know the one. Yeah, that was always there. There is always the favorite. <laughs> that's, that's mom and dad's favorite. And so you think that they get special treatment. You think that they get treated better. So you just need to go around when you're living in this world. I'm special. If you know somebody now, again, not that you look down your nose at somebody because God loves them. But if you know somebody that is not born again, that has not received Christ, they are not even in the same realm that you are. I'm special. Now, some of you might say, yeah, you're special, all right? <laughs> I'm talking about special in the eyes of God. You're loved by God. Amen. Have you ever driven in a parking lot and said, you know what, God? I want a front row parking lot or par parking spot. Now, you might say, well, what does that matter? Does that really make? Listen, it makes a difference when it's raining and you've got to walk, walk a long ways in the parking lot. Hey, dad, father. I would like to have a front row parking spot so I don't have to walk through all of the rain. I've had that happen time and time again. In fact, let me share this story with you. I was working for General Motors. This was several years back, and I was working down in Livonia one particular day. And so I had to drive a long distance. And as I was driving, it was pouring down rain. Now, where the parking lot was where I worked was probably about a quarter of a mile that you had to walk to get into the factory. So as much as it was raining, I didn't have a, a raincoat or I didn't have an umbrella. So I knew that I'd be saturated by the time I got into the plant. 
So I remember I was driving through Novi at the time and I was talking to the Lord and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, you spoke to the storm and you said, peace be still. You said that I'm of the same category and class you are. And so, Father, I'm just going to act like you. I'm going to speak to the storm. And I said, I'm just going to pray and tell this thing to move out of the way because I don't want to be saturated going into work tonight. And so as I was going down, what is that, uh, 96, turning on to 275, as I made the turn, I looked up in the sky and it was like this wall separated. And it started to open up and it became sunny. I got to my parking lot, got out. Walked in. The moment I stepped into the plant, it started raining again. Now, you might say, well, that is, that's coincidental. No, I just want you to know that I'm of a different species of being. I'm not just a part of the human race. I'm a part of the kingdom race. And that is I'm the child of God. And therefore, my God takes care of me. I have an interaction and a tangible relationship with my God. So that I've just come to learn to expect special treatment. You might say, well, that sounds awful arrogant. No, God loves you. And let me ask you the question. Do you like special treatment? Sure you do. When you're in the store at the grocery store and you're five deep and the one lady comes over into the checkout counter beside you and she eyeballs you and she's like, and you're like, yes, that's yes. And you go over there and you check out. Don't you feel good? Don't you feel like, man, I just, I just saved a half hour right there. So don't tell me you don't like special treatment. Well, God loves you, and he don't think it's strange or think it's something out of the ordinary for you to expect to act like dad or God is your dad. Amen. Is this helping anybody? So once again, he says, don't be conformed to this world. All right. He says, don't be conformed to this world. Let me wrap it up with this right here. In Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 12 and 13. It says, we are grateful to the Father who qualified us to participate in the complete portion of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He rescued us from the, the dominion of darkness the sense-ruled or the solical-ruled world dominated by the law of performance. Don't we oftentimes feel that way with God? i got to perform. got to do just right. But he says, And he relocated us into the kingdom where the love of his Son rules. So remember we said, Don't be conformed to this world. Well, then he must want us to conform to a world, just not this world. What world is that? The world that he translated us to, and that is the kingdom of his son, where love rules. I said where love rules. So, when you see the news, when you see all the junk that's going on, all you have to do is remind yourself, God loves me. When everybody's saying, what's going to happen? I don't know, but God loves me. Aren't you scared? Aren't you worried? No, because God loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Now, I don't know if you're convinced that he loves you. But when you start to get convinced of how much God loves you, you'll start to think differently. 
you'll act differently. When you know how much you are blessed and know how much people are missing out apart from this life, you'll start loving people. Oh, you don't know what you're missing. Well, come on. I know that that church stuff, it's all about what you can't do and missing out. Let me ask you the question. How many of you are eager to get to heaven? Raise your hand if you are. Now, if you are, you're probably saying, well, it's got to be a whole lot better than what this is. But have you ever noticed that there's a lot of Christians that act like, man, I know I don't want to go to hell, but I want to go to heaven. But it, it can't be all that great. Because God's all about what you can't do. Really? Man, heaven is so amazing. But once again, how many Christians live this life as though, God, you're just dragging me down. God, there's a life that I want to enjoy, but you're just putting a chink in my chain. I mean, before I knew Jesus, man, I had all kinds of fun. No, your flesh just had all kinds of cravings. You were bound to stuff. Your desires and, and, and your emotions were pulling you here and there. God wants you to be free, but for some reason, oh dear God, if I'm serving God, it just means that I can't have fun. You don't have a clue how much fun it is to be a Christian if that's what it is that you're thinking. In fact, you might just want to say, am I really a Christian or not? Because the moment... You receive Christ, life changes. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, well, praise the Lord. We could get. Let me just share this last verse and we'll, we'll wrap it up. Psalms 37, verse 24 through 36. It says, Though he falls, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds his, holds him with his hand. I have been young and now I'm old. Yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants beg for bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor beg for bread. If you're a child of God, that you are the righteousness of God through Christ. So in these next several months... As they're talking about the turning of the new year. When they're saying this is coming. This is changing. This is going to get hard. Remind yourself. I've never seen God forsake his righteous. And they've never begged for bread. I'm God's kid. So God's going to take care of me. Amen. Let's stand. As I said, this is foundational. This is going to set the tone from everything else that we say and do moving forward. I know this was a lot of factual information today. It might have been difficult to hear or just stick with it. But let me encourage you, the next several weeks are going to get you so excited. Because God's called you to be so much more because you are. Life was meant to be good. Did you know that the scripture says this in John chapter 10 verse 10? It says the enemy, the devil, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. The actual translation says in quality and quantity. 
Did it say that it was determined by what was going on in the nation? Nope. In quality and quantity. Now, this is going to set you up for next week. He said that I came that you might have life. That word life in the Greek is called zoe. The literal translation is the God kind of life. Jesus came so that you could experience the life that God knows. So man, it's got to be a whole lot better than what we've ever experienced. We just got to shift the thinking. Amen? Will you bow your head and close your eyes? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, that we're stirring ourselves up in this upcoming year. As we wrap up this year, Father, we're not wrapping it up. We're not toning down. Father, we're, we're stirring it up. We're ramping it up. God, we're going to end this year with a bang. We're going to end this year with a shout. We're going to end this year with such joy. Because, God, we're learning who we are in Christ. What's available to us. Who we are in you. And, oh, God, there's so much more. So, God, we're excited. We thank you, Father, that, Lord, the best is yet to come. So help us know and help us see and do it together in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, that's it. Do you feel the glory? Do you feel the filling? I know you do. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and come back next week for God to move on your behalf again. Want to know more? Check us out online and our social media, all from our website, gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.